Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Chris Evans here. Welcome to the best of The Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, the one and only Eddie Izzard tells us about her Run for Hope Challenge, a monstrous 31 marathons and 31 stand-up gigs in 31 countries over the 31 days of January. The mastermind behind Grand Designs, Kevin McLeod, takes us behind the scenes of the brilliant, as ever, 20th season of the show. The incredible brain of scientist Andrew Steele wants us to live forever with his groundbreaking brand new book, Ageless, the new science of getting older without actually getting old and Secretary of Safer Health and Social Care Matt Hancock gives us all the latest on a major reform to the Mental Health Act all of that and loads more on the way Dapper Dave who's first please 31 marathons 31 stand-up gigs in 31 countries in 31 days just saying it's exhausting a run for hope is in full swing and joining us ahead of his ahead of her virtual dash through the beautiful streets of Prague is someone that wears out running shoes like nobody's business it's the incredible Eddie Izzard Eddie good morning Good morning. Good so you, morning. You heard that little hiccup Dave there made uh, because of the his yeah. and the her thing, which is entirely forgivable and understandable. Uh, and I know you're on board with this. Can you give us some tips on, on uh, navigating the new lingo, please, if you don't mind? Yeah, well, it, you know, I've been out for 35 years, so I've tried to give to let everyone acclimatise really slowly. You've got to admit, I've, I've done my best to do that. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> 35 years head start. And as you know, I'm gender fluid, so I'm boy mode and girl mode. And, and I was asked, literally, it was this. I didn't push it. I was on the Portrait Artist of the Year. I was, just, I was the, the, the person sitting there, and, and three young artists were painting me. And they said, oh, this is on Sky. And they said, what would you like to be called? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm here in girl mode. I call it girl mode and boy mode. I, I can't, I, man mode and woman mode doesn't work. But I am gender fluid. I'm, this is the truth of what's in my head. And they're going to track it down genetically or whatever and work this out. So I just said, well, I'd love it if you go use uh, her and she. And so they did that. And then people picked up on that because uh, the young portrait artist is available on, on Freeview and everyone saw it. A lot of reaction, a lot of positive, some negative. And, and I've just said, don't worry about it, guys. And, and uh, people who are getting on, don't, you know, hit, hit. She is great. But if you call me him, you know, her, um, him, his. I don't, I don't mind this. It's just call me Eddie. That's the thing. Call me Eddie. Call me Mate Mush. Um, anything like that. So I'm just saying everyone should chill and relax. Yeah, it's, of course uh, you are. Of course you are. I can't believe some people had a problem with it. How outrageous! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, 35 years. You must. Is this some people? People around the world going, "Are you serious about this? Yes. Is this thing that you really came out in '85? I thought you were. That was a tax dodge or something. <laughs> so anyway. Does it help with tax? Just out of interest. Uh, no, well, you can discount because I'm wearing, you know, dresses and makeup. So you get a certain percentage of that if you're using that in your shows. But then you have to actually buy them and wear them. And so it doesn't really work if you're not trans. It's, uh, that is uh, it's, uh, it's so funny, allowed. isn't it? So listen, how's it going here? We are day 15 of the challenge. Rem- remind people what the challenge is, first of all, and why. Um, 31 marathons. Uh, I, I run a marathon and, and then I'm going to do a gig after it for 31 days. Um, and it's virtual because of, of course, COVID and lockdown, trying to be really safe. And it's on a treadmill, but I'm linking up with people around the world and talking to them, doing about a six-hour podcast, kind of really, 
and then I do a gig afterwards, um, which is sometimes if I'm running v- Vienna or or Berlin, it's in German, and after I've run my virtual marathon for Paris, it's in French. So I'm making it hard for myself, but trying to raise money for Make Humanity Great Again. I've got this this uh, slogan there, this title. I don't know quite where I got that title from. <laughs> I think someone once had Anyway, I can't remember who that person was. But um, uh, so, you know, Make Humanity Great Again, that's 7.8 billion of us, because my worldview, you know, I'm, I'm kind of political and whatever, and I want to be a member of parliament. And uh, the right of a fair chance in life should be the right of every person. So that's what I'm fighting for. And the money goes out to charities who are great and really help people um, make some money today. All right, and find out more about giving to Eddie at eddieizard.com. Why don't you? Now, I remember talking to you a few years ago, Eddie, Eddie and it's always enjoyable, always enlightening, and I, I love it, uh, about about the potential mayorship of London. And that was that was due for 2020-ish, was it, in, in the grand yeah. plan? So what, what's, where are we with that? Well, it was Mayor of London or MP. It was always either or. And Sadiq Khan, same party as me, Labour Party, doing a great job. He's going for his second term. He's streaks ahead in, in the polls. And uh, he could well go third term or whatever. And, and that's great, Sadiq. More power to him. Please vote for Sadiq Khan in that election when it comes up, hopefully in a few months. And uh, Member of Parliament is really where I want to be. So I, am, I tried to get in at the last election. If a by-election comes up that's a good fit, then I would go for that. In the meantime, if not, it will be next election. But you know me, I'm kind of relentless. So I'm, I'm not trying at this. I am going to this. This is a, you know, I'm like a Glenda Jackson. I'm going in, and, uh, and then sometime later I will come out of politics. But I want to, I want to fight to try and, yeah, uh, a fair world, uh, a fair chance in life for everyone. That's what I'm going to try and fight for. When Glenda entered uh, politics, it was different. The world was different, though, because she, could, she couldn't be as effective as you are now because you didn't have the platforms uh, from, from which to state your opinions and challenge people uh, and spread w- whichever good word you consider uh, worth spreading. But you can do that now. And there's that, that you know, the, the famous 80-20 rule, which I love, you know, which is often 20% of your effort creates 80% of what you want it to, to happen. Um, if you become an MP, which is like you say, it's in your blood. There's nothing you can do about wanting to, for that to happen. Um, that's brilliant, and I'm really pleased for you. But can't you achieve more by not becoming an MP? In a way, but the only way you can really affect changes is, is inside uh, politics. Um, you can be an activist. Uh, you can put forward good thoughts. But if you want to change um, policy of the land, if you want to put laws in that make things fairer. Um, you you just you have to be in there in that mix, right? And I've realised that for some time. You just have to go in. So it was over ten years ago when I started saying I I really want to go in, and I'm quite serious about this. And people didn't really pick up on it, but you know I have been, as you probably know, I've been quite consistent. I haven't sort of mucked about and said maybe in yes, it's always 2020. Uh, you know the May elections of 2020, which were were set under the Cameron. Um, government and uh, then that started moving back and we started being this fluid thing again and so um, it's whenever it comes up but I will keep fighting but I have to go in and then you know Keir Starmer is the leader of the Labour Party I will fight for him to uh, be the next Prime Minister and I'll fight very hard as I always have done in, in the Labour Party Right Eddie you're awesome thanks so much Thank you very much Chris Good Goodbye Bye bye Eddie Izzard a run for hope once again EddieIzzard.com is where you need to go if you want to help her him fluidity itself the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky on virgin radio
From the very first foundation to the fanciest of fireplaces, our next guest is there every step of the way. The 20th series of Grand Designs continues Wednesday at 9pm on Channel 4, and here to stop our budget spiralling out of control is the house proud, Kevin McLeod! Kevin, congratulations on episode one and two of the brand new series of Grand Designs. How, what, what, how many seasons are we talking now? I don't know, I've lost count. I, I mean, I, I know I measure it in years, and in fact I've started measuring it in decades, because we started in 97, so, uh, you know, hey... It's 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 long enough, isn't it? You're becoming the Cliff Richard of Channel Four, and that ain't no bad thing. So, episode one, everybody's seen. I've seen episode two. We'll get onto those in a moment or two. Uh, just just so I don't forget, um, the three things that give you most joy that you would take with you if you had to anywhere, anyhow. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for springing that on me. Um, look. <laughs> First thing is I've been wearing the same belt uh, since I was about 18 and I can't, I, I'm going to, you know, it'll come, it'll go with me to the grave. So I, I, I've got to take that with me. I can't not because I just get, I develop all kinds of psychological <laughs> disorders if I don't. And um, a, a bass guitar to keep me occupied and I could play that as loud as I want. That, that would suit me. Uh, and also you've got to remember that I, I made a few series traveling around the world in really remote places. And I've discovered that the key thing on a desert island or a jungle or anywhere in the world that you need is not a knife. It's not a piece of string. It's a chainsaw. And that is the, <laughs> that is, oh, is the, is the kind of international off-grid tool. It's, they call it an off-grid tool of choice, but you, obviously it's got to, got to run on petrol. Yeah. But it's the one thing that everybody has. It's funny you say that about a knife, because, of course, it should be a knife for all of us, because Ray Mears uh, swears by his knife, and he gave me one of his knives. I've still got it, so really we should take a knife, but that's far too practical, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, yeah, but have you ever looked in Ramirez's boot of his car? He's got a chainsaw. Of course he has. He's got several. He's got a collection. He's got, he's got a world-renowned collection of chainsaws. And, um, Kev, uh, this belt intrigues me because you all... I've got to say, by the way, you look fantastic. You look really well at the moment in episodes one and two. I don't know if it gets any worse uh, in, in the subsequent episodes of the latest series of Grand Designs, but you look really fit, really healthy, really well. That is that belt, you know, it's a mantra, you know, it's... a. Uh, it's an emotional yeah, it's thing, blanket. It's the thing, thing I fiddle you. with in nervous moments. Yeah, yes. well, and, and works <laughs> or to great effect. But also, have you but, been but, have you been on the same notch all the years? Uh, same notch. Well, do you know what? Things actually did get quite a lot worse about five years ago. Then, then the magic of television grading was invented. Right. And now they just spend a lot more time grading the shots of me. No, but you hang on a minute. Longer and longer. But that's a double-edged sword because I remember when uh, HD came in and everybody had to have special makeup because we all looked worse than we did beforehand anyway. So, yeah. so that yeah. could go both ways. Yeah, yeah, it can absolutely. The, the thing about grading is that they can soften bits, they can sharpen other bits. You know, it's selective. So that little, that strange-shaped object in the middle of your forehead can suddenly disappear. And um, yeah, yeah, they give me hair and all kinds of things. <laughs> Um, before we go any further, because these are all things I usually forget and then I get carried away with the conversation. So let me stick this in here as well. Have you ever thought about Grand Kitchen Design as a little offshoot? No. Okay. <laughs> that tells you how much I'm interested in kitchen design. Yeah, yeah. I, well, look, the thing is, right, mm. uh, what I find quite fascinating is that is that there are these fabulous kitchens in the world and they are fabulous and beautiful and, and, and great expressions. And, um, and then we visit people at the end of their projects and they've only just put the kitchen in if they're lucky to have been able to afford one. And it's always from some kind of, you know, kind of budget online retailer or something. It's not always, but it's just that, um, um, the kitchen is a is the kitchen is a you you're right it could be the subject of an entire series but I, I the thing about grand designs is I don't I don't twiddle with it for fear of breaking it do you know what I mean it's like that thing well of, see but the, now you sound like George Lucas if you don't mind me saying 
Oh, what? Really? Uh, no, I don't want to sound like George Lucas. Well, no, well, there's nothing wrong with sounding like George Lucas. But this is what this is what when George Lucas owned Star Wars, right? This is the yeah. kind of things he would say when people say, "Can we have more Star Wars movies?" And he says, "No, no, no, no," because there's this special th- kind of thing, this ethereal thing, you know. And if you mess with it too much, it's going to break. And if it ain't broke, if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. So then he sells Star Wars to Disney for four point one billion dollars or whatever it was, right? What do they do? They yeah. make they make one Star Wars a week now, and it's brilliant. Everybody yeah. loves it. So so for me, Grand Designs is Star Wars. You are George Lucas, and I am Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Which has been so many times before, <laughs> right? And, <laughs> and I want, I want um, grand shed designs. I want grand uh, under the stairs toilet, des- kooky under kooky rooms designs. I want a load of fun stuff on Channel Four uh, for half an hour and uh, for four weeks, twenty eight, you know, twenty shows a year, or twenty shows every three months. These funny sort of lower budget kind of little things, or you know, or will that take away the sh- from the sheen of the mothership? How do you know we're not doing it? How do you know we're not doing it and I can't talk about it? And, and you know, I'm, I'm bound by some confidentiality gagging clause. Well, I don't know, you know that, but we, you're my friend, so tell uh, me. Well, we're not. <laughs> but I, we, we could, yes, and it's not a bad idea. Why not? Why the heck Although not? I, Why wouldn't you do that? I, do I have to credit you? No, never, ever. You don't have to credit you me do, at all. Yeah. Vassos has just written a, whole, a brand new book, which went to number one in the Amazon's Movies and Shakers. I gave him the title, the idea for the book. Haven't seen a penny. Don't care. Don't worry. Don't worry. I never talk about it. <laughs> Hardly, hardly just, at all. He'll just owe you lots of very special favours now. Forever. That's all. Kev, come on, seriously. Because, you know, you watch Channel 4 now have, uh, like, a million channels. They're all Channel 4, aren't they? There's D4, yeah, there's All yeah, 4, yeah. there's New 4, there's U4, there's Him 4, there's those over there 4, right? And sometimes you get Grand Designs back-to-back, which is great. But you get loads of... Um, what's, the, what's the eating show we used to swear by all the time? Oh, listen, well, I, there's only one show I swear by, and that's American Barbecue Showdown. No, the one that's on they, Channel 4 every day, forever. Oh, sorry. You know, Come down with me. Come down with me, yes, right? Yes, and Bake Off, of course. Yes. Yeah, well, I, want, I need some relief from that, and I need grand kitchen designs, grand shed designs, grand garden designs, grand under toilet the stairs designs, designs grand toilet, toilet designs. designs. Come yeah. on. You've got, to do, you've got to do this, man. You've got to do it. Grand attics, grand, grand, grand small uh, spaces under the floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's patios. Patios <laughs> could be an entire series. Could be. I, we could easily make a series about bifold doors. That, that's a national obsession. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Up next, we're speaking to Secretary of State for Health and Social Care, Matt Hancock. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back after a while. How was your Christmas? Well, my Christmas was quiet, like uh, like everyone's, but uh, I had a day off, which was really, really nice. Okay, uh, you've been very busy. Um, well done for making all the the right decisions you have. Um, and uh, you know, as I, we've said before many times on this show, many wrong decisions are being made as well because this is, uh, you know, it's there's first practice, there's best practices, and there's first practices, and there's lots of first practices going on here. And uh, exactly. you are, you are still getting a load of flack. Um, what's it like being here at the moment? <laughs> Well, I don't get as much uh, flack as I used to. Really? Uh, I think, well, I think people can see that there's, you know, it's so important what we're doing right now. And, uh, you know, these restrictions, nobody likes them, but they're so important to to get the cases down and get the pressure on the on the NHS down. And, and so, of course, when you're a politician and you make uh, big calls to to do things that infringe on people's lives. Of course, I understand people's frustration with that, but, but they, are, they are necessary. I get through it, actually, by, uh, by talking to mem- members of the public, because I find the public are, are really, uh, really understand what we're, uh, what, what we're trying to do to help get the country through this. 
All right, uh, more on COVID in a bit, but uh, you're here primarily to talk about the Mental Health Act reform. Uh, can you just enlighten us uh, from a headline point of view as to, to what this is regarding? Yeah, so there's a, the, the Mental Health Act that we use to um, support people who need, who need uh, uh, who've got very serious mental ill health, uh, it, it's, it dates back to 1983. It's completely out of date. And I'm really pleased that even with COVID, over the last year, my team have been able to do, do the work to update this act, right? It has things like, you know, if you're unmarried and you need to be sectioned um, and somebody has to act on your behalf, that automatically is your father, right? That, uh, we think that that should be, people should be able to choose. It, it also leads to four times as many black people being, uh, being held under the Mental Health Act than, than white people. So uh, there, are, there are all sorts of discriminations in there that need to be sorted out. Uh, and we need to support people better to, and empower them as much as possible. Because you know, we all know that mental health is a very serious issue. Uh, and this is about right at, the, at the, uh, the tougher end of people with serious mental health conditions, making sure that they are supported with more dignity in a 21st century way. I mean, there is a case, isn't there, uh, Matt, for, for, you know, for mental health not only being on a level playing field with physical health, but actually being more prevalent now than physical health issues. Well, you've got to, you know, that, that's right. It's something that, that many, many people will be affected by. And, uh, you know, the way I think of it is just like you look after your, your physical health, right? You might go out for a run or a, or a bike ride. Um, so we should proactively th- look after our mental health uh, and uh, uh, make sure that it's uh, strong. There's things that you can do um, to help even, you know, if it, so even who, people who don't have a, um, uh, a mental health problem, you can do things to make sure that you're uh, strong and, and positive. And it's really important, especially in these difficult times, uh, when, when a lot of the things that we like to do and enjoy aren't available there's a brilliant tool called Every Mind Matters, which is available on the internet um, that just helps you, even if you know you haven't got any problems with your mental health, just to keep it uh, to, to keep it strong in the same way that you might go for a jog. Yeah, but I think everybody has issues with their mental health. Don't you? you you say that you know, even if you haven't, I don't know why you're saying that because you've got to be nuanced and sensitive about it. But we all have mental health issues. Of course, we do. You know, our, our minds drive us crazy. And there's that phrase, you know, uh, we we all sort of yearn for peace of mind, but we all yearn uh, really for peace from mind. You know, and, and well, we, we have we have the looping thoughts, don't we? Have the, we have the the negative self talk every single day of our lives. Yeah. So the, I think that the you know the way that we talk about it now. It's right that we talk about it in this sort of, uh, in this sense that, you know, in the same way that we, people used to say, you know, this person has mental health issues. We've all got mental health, a state of mental health, right? In the same way, we've all got a state of physical health and we can all do something to make it as positive as possible. And then there's a spectrum and there are people who then need, you know, who have, there are mental illnesses, very specific um, uh, conditions where we need to really support people through things like the Mental Health Act. That's at the very serious age, uh, end of mental illness. But at the um, if, but for the general population, for most people, um, absolutely, keeping your mental health strong is uh, just an important part of of being healthy. Right. One more question before you go. I know you're really busy, but this is my last question. My friend Peter, right? He's eighty. <laughs> he's he's got lung cancer. 
He's had yeah. prostate cancer. He's got asthma. He's got emphysema, and he's got MS. And he's he was eighty um, last year. He'll be eighty-one this year. God bless him. And he hasn't yeah. had his vaccine yet. Can I give you his address? Can you please <laughs> send somebody around? Because <laughs> well, yeah, I will. I, it, it, I will uh, I'll, I'll uh, give you. I, I I'm not going to accelerate him. Uh, it's a totally fair uh, rollout that's led by the NHS, uh, and not by me in terms of the order. We have done. We've got to. Um, you know, we've got to two-fifths of the over-80s. That means we've got three-fifths to go. So if you're over 80 and you're listening to this and you haven't been called up yet, you will be called soon in the next few weeks and we will make sure everybody has an invitation uh, before the 15th of February. Not just the invitation, but an invitation to an appointment that is before or on uh, the 15th of uh, February. Either your GP or one of the mass vaccination centres or both uh, we'll get in contact with you and offer you a slot. All right. I know what's coming up for you in the next hour. Good luck. Thanks very much. Ta-da. Good to talk. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So you've had the pleasure of three mind-blowing guests already, but trust me, friends, there's still so much more to come. The amazing Keely Hawks, the great and powerful Keely, gives us the lowdown on her brand new big darkly comic ITV series, which I absolutely loved. It's called Finding Alice. Meditative mother Izzy Judd dishes out some COVID-compliant parenting advice and some tip-top detail from her book, Mindfulness for Mums. The Sun's editor-in-chief, Victoria Newton, rallies the volunteer troops with updates of the Sun Jabs Army campaign and their mission to help vaccinate the nation plus sunday times bestseller philippa perry calms us with the news that there's no such thing as a perfect parent thank god talking and taking from her latest work the book you wish your parents had read and your children will be glad that you did all of that and more still to come so dapper dave who is next if our next guest has his way, we'll be celebrating our 200th birthdays alongside our pals, Mr. Jellyfish and Mrs. Tortoise. His first book, Ageless, is out now, and here to iron out the wrinkles in both face and time is a very nice young man indeed. It's the brilliant brain of Andrew Steele. Morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing very well. I love your book. I love it. Oh, thank you. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Started reading it last week, um, th- Thursday evening. Started shouting out things to my wife in the kitchen. Then the kids are all over the weekend. It's an extraordinary book. How hard was it? For, actually, first of all, pitch it to everyone so they know what we're talking about, and then tell us how hard it was to, to get up and running. So the book is called Ageless: The yeah. New Science of Getting Older Without Getting Old, and it's about what I think is the greatest biomedical scientific challenge of our time, which is understanding the aging process and how we can slow it down and maybe even reverse it. And the reason I think that's so important is that aging, I think, is the world's biggest humanitarian challenge. So of the 150,000 people who die every day on Earth, over 100,000 of them die because of aging, and they die in horrible ways 
cancer, heart disease, dementia, all that kind of stuff. And if we could treat the underlying aging process that causes all of these things, we could maybe you know prevent some of those deaths, prevent some of that disease. So I just think that's so exciting and important. Right. And so before we get into the fun stuff, how do you react to people who say, but hang on a minute, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to age, we're supposed to die. I say, just look back at the last 200 years. Back in 1800, the life expectancy in the UK was probably a bit less than 40 years old. And that was because of infectious disease. It was because of bad hygiene. It was because of infant mortality, you know, kids dying in childbirth, mothers dying when they were giving birth as well. And we've pushed all those things back. You know, we've used science, we've used medicine, we've used technology to try and get rid of all those unnecessary deaths. And this is just the next frontier. Now, you know, obviously coronavirus infectious disease is coming back. But again, that's hugely aging related because, the, you know, the older population, the people are really suffering from that. And so I think that aging is really the next big frontier of human suffering that we need to try and do something about. And you talk in your book about evolution wants every species to get better and stronger and pass on that sort of baton of improvement uh, to, 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 to its young. But mm. then again, when it's not in nature's interest for that to be the case, it tends to rewind that process. Is that, could that be what we're witnessing now or is that too simplistic a thought? I think it's uh, the evolution of aging is horrendously complicated. And, you know, you'll, you'll notice from some of the terms in that chapter, there's antagonistic pleiotropy and disposable soma theory. They've really tried to make it as opaque as possible. But I think the point is that we need to do something that's faster than evolution. Because, you know, what we could do is we could try and breed longer lived humans by getting long lived parents and, you know, giving birth to longer lived children. But quite apart from the fact that would be weird, it's going to take hundreds and hundreds of years to breed these sort of perfect long lived superhumans. So I think we need to do it with science first. But evolution, so evolution through the species, through the ages, it, it allows different species to live longer, but without mm. interfering other than per se, you know, of them being evolution itself. Are we, because we are proactively interfering with evolution, is that would not will nature not one day go uh, uh, uh no 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 this is this enough now I think the fact is that we understand enough about the science that we're, we're already way past evolution, right? You know, if you go back, as I said, even 200 years, someone who got dementia, someone who had a heart attack, they'd just die. If you yeah. got an infectious disease, you'd just die. And so we're in a situation now where people who ordinarily in the past, you know, would have been whittled out by this, you know, frankly, slightly awful nature, red in tooth and claw, survival of the fittest. Thankfully, they're able to survive, they're able to live, they're able to contribute. So I think we've probably, as a species, moved a bit beyond evolution already. I get that. But as, as, as a species, we are, you know we are apart so humans are the only ones doing this the only ones trying mm. to trying to sort of synthetically externally you know prolong our lifetimes and it will not will does Will nature not always win in the end going, yeah, nice try, guys? Do you know what? I, I, a, I don't think it will. And B, it's not actually as sort of inevitable and natural as it appears. So there's a tortoise on the front of my book. And the reason <laughs> is that tortoises are one of these negligibly senescent species. And what that means is that unlike humans, our risk of death increases with time. Tortoises' risk of death stays about the same no matter how old they are. And so, you know, it's not against the laws of nature not to age. There are animals, you know, there are tortoises, you mentioned in the intro, jellyfish, that don't seem to age in the traditional way. So it's clearly not against the laws of nature and it's something that I think we should try and do as well. Yeah, well, yeah, but the argument within that, and by the way, I'm pro your book and pro you, the inherent <laughs> argument within that is, you know, the laws of nature allow that to happen, but we're, you know, we are nature, I suppose we're nature. Does that get us out of that? Because we're not a part of nature, we are part of nature. And if we are trying to do it, then we're operating under nature's umbrella. Is that what you're alluding to there? Yeah, I'm trying to say, like, if you look around, it's not against the laws of nature. We're part of nature. Right. Um, so, you know, we just, we don't, there's, there's no law we're breaking, so we might as well just try and do it. <laughs> I love it. 
Before you go, and by the way, you are already nailed on favourite for best guest of 2021, and it's only blimmin' January, for heaven's sake. You're so good, my friend, and I knew you would be, because your your book is... I can't believe it's your first book. It's so... Don't bother... Don't bother writing another one. Just go and, go and talk, talk, talk about this one for the rest of your life. It's, it's so good. Um, but oh, you thank do, you. You do open the book by saying, if there's one thing we can all do, most of us at least in the world anyway, to live longer anyhow, it's just to eat less, isn't it? Yeah, I think eating healthily. A lot of the health advice is surprisingly basic, but what you find out when you understand the aging biology is it takes on a whole new exciting uh, sort of feeling because you understand that what you know, eating well, exercising, not smoking, all of these things basically slow down the aging process. Yep. And it certainly made me take a bit of a look and try and optimise my own life. But eating less is the thing, isn't it? You just talked about diet there, but eat less, eat less, and you will more than likely live longer. Yeah, I think most of us in the Western world, the trouble is calories are cheap. They're easily accessible. We've often got stressful lives. If you just eat a few less of them, you can almost certainly improve your health. Andrew, your book is a stunner, mate. I hope everybody, I literally hope everybody in the world buys a copy. It's an amazing book. Well done. Thank you very much indeed. Ageless, the new science of getting older without getting old. Andrew Steele, if you haven't got this book in your house and you have others, I don't know why. I don't know why that's the case. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. A good rule of thumb is that if our next guest is in a TV show, it's going to be great, and you are in luck. Her new darkly comic series, Finding Alice, starts on Sunday at 9pm on ITV, and here to tell us all about it is the antidote to TV snores. It's Keely Hawes! <laughs> all right, Keely! <laughs> good morning, good morning. Thank you, what an introduction. <laughs> well, what a show, by the way. Congratulations, we all watched it thank last night. Thank you so much. It's thank so you, thank good, you. it's so good, man. Okay. Brilliant. So where's it come from? First of all, what's well, it about? For people who don't know, because nobody knows apart from most who've seen it. So tell, tell them, give them the gist and then tell us, tell us how come it was born. Well, for people who, who don't know, um, uh, Finding Alice uh, is a show um, uh, about uh, my, my, my character, Alice, um, and uh, very, very quickly, very early on in the first episode, um, uh, her husband, Harry, falls down the stairs in this brand new smart house that he has built, this labour of love that he has built for her and and for them and for their family. Um, But because uh, aesthetically uh, he he wants it to look a certain way, he's refused to put banisters in. So um, he has this tragic accident and falls down the stairs. And it's really what happens from that point onwards. It's it's the unravelling of, uh, you know, what happens after uh, the death of of someone close. So, um, yes, and it's, you know, the the, the sort of the secrets that that Harry was, was keeping and, um, uh, and and where Alice finds herself um, without him. All right, and what a cast. I understand you were instrumental in this. You put a few phone calls in yourself. Everybody said oh, yes. Yeah. You've, got, you've got the cast <laughs> you wanted. Share that with us. Our cast is like a roll call of just, just amazing. Um, Joanna Lumley, Nigel Havers, uh, newcomer Isabella Pappas, who is phenomenal, um, Rashawn Stone, Gemma Jones, Ken Cranham, Sharon Rooney, Aisha Darker, um, just a, 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 an amazing um, uh, group of incredibly talented and very funny actors, yeah. actually. There, there, there's a lot of humour, um, I, I hope you found, too, in the show. No, there's loads. Um, because, of course, you know, where, 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 where there's darkness, you know, there, there's always... It's always light, yeah, and um, uh, uh, you know, and I, and I and I hope we've we've managed to capture that. No, you've nailed it. I said earlier on uh, on the show that you know, if the producers of The Office uh, made a murder mystery, that this is the show they make because it's got <laughs> it's got that real awkwardness about it, hasn't it? 
Well, yeah, that, that, that's something as well, you know, that we, we really wanted to capture because it is so awful and awkward um, when, uh, you know, when someone dies. People find it very difficult to know what to say, um, you know, and, and so tonally, you know, we, we, we really hope to ca- capture that. You know, pe- people say sort of awful things. Everyone wants to say the right thing. Um, and quite often, you know, people will say the wrong thing. Um, and that can be, you know, very funny or, or just awful. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, 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 that's something we, we were hoping to, to capture too because it's, you know, it, it's, it's something that everybody is familiar with. Yeah, and it's beautifully and so honestly observed because, you know, we all do, when there, suddenly there's a passing of someone we know and all love, you know, within our world, we all do default to, often, not, not everyone, but often, I've definitely been um, guilty of this, you default to a, a, a script of platitudes and everybody just have, has the... the the most shallow of conversations about the most profound thing, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. And and, and your character's having none of it. No, no, no. She she's sort of you know quite blunt to a fault, really, Alice. Um, uh, she she's often to be found putting putting her foot in it, um, and also you know her uh, emotionally. She everything is very close to the surface. Um, which is the opposite of, you know, the, the, the other thing we, we might talk about is, is it's a sin. And um, my, my character in that is, is completely emotionally rep- repressed, but Alice is, it, it, it's, it's all on the surface, really, um, for Alice. Well, well done, you. Well done, you. It's, it's, you. it's a fantastic script. It's, it's, quite, it's quite American. I, I, I mean that in the, with, with the greatest of uh, intentions. But, no, that's a great compliment. Because they're good, aren't they, the old, the other Americans at the they're screenplay? Good, they're good. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah We're yeah, very yeah. good at scripts. So we, they're very good at screenplay plays and when the two get together you know it's like literally like hands across the creative ocean i think it's absolutely fantastic so keely when will we get to have a tequila again together that's the big question (laughs) (laughs) yes soon i hope i really do i i really really do um uh, I, I, I think um, we, we all need a, a bit of a break, don't we? Um, but for now, on this rainy day, um, working from home is, is probably um, suiting lots of people. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, you stay safe. How's Matthew? Uh, he's very good. Yeah, some, some more good news. Um, they, they are shooting Succession season three again. So um, that's what he's doing. So uh, for any fans of, of that show... What do you mean, any fans? Um, <laughs> any, if there are any fans out there of that show. Um, yes, they, they, they are doing their very best um, to shoot that too. So, um, you know, safely and, and, and um, the scripts. He won't tell me what happens, um, but he said that they, they are better than ever. Wow. That's well, from the well, that's saying now. something so, as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's such a good show. So exciting. So, so that'll be um, something to look forward to, too. God, I love the fact you're flying, aren't you, Keely? You, you and your family are flying. <laughs> you, it's so cool, babe. It's brilliant. Thank you. It's really, you. really fantastic. You? Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're very blessed. Listen, and we remember to be grateful this time around. Oh, my goodness me, yeah. d- does that pay back, uh, you know, tenfold in dividends. Thank you, Keely. Thank you so much. Ta-da. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Finding Bye. Alice. Bye. Finding Alice, ITV, 9pm Sunday. You will literally not regret it. It's so kooky. This is a very kooky show about life and death. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Dapper Dave, over to you. The fight bug has begun and you could be part of the push. The Sun Jabs Army wants readers to become volunteers at pop-up COVID vaccination centres across the UK. And here to tell us just how it's going is a lady that makes that paper rise and shine. It's Editor-in-Chief Victoria Newton. All right, Victoria. Good morning, Chris. How are you? 
Very well, thank you. Okay. Very excited about the number of sign-ups we've got. Yeah, no, well done. This is the Jabs Army. Now, you are on Piers' show on GMB yesterday. Um, what did yes. you two have to say to each other, old colleagues, of course? Actually, I never re- actually worked with Piers. We always seem to cross over uh, in the past. Oh, uh, really? Obviously, I know him well. He was no, he's been super supportive of this campaign, along with a lot of other celebrities like Gary Lineker, Anthony Joshua. And I mean, every firm known to man is now signing up to get their staff to take part. So hopefully we should smash our target by the end of the week. Rana, you talked to, to this uh, with about this with Piers yesterday, about the fact you don't need any skills or training at all to be useful in this. That's right. So what we're looking for is people to be stewards. So you um, sign up for a six-hour shift where you might be directing cars around, you might be directing people to walk through the right doors, all outside and totally secure and COVID safe. Um, but it's a really vital service. So no skills needed. All, all you'll do is you sign up via a QR code in the paper, go to the website and um, they will do a bit of a background check on you. But you don't need any training. You just turn up on the day and there you go. All right. Well, um, we're 31,000 in County, probably more now as we speak. That was the, uh, the last count yeah. last night. We're looking for 50,000 people. So go to the sun.co.uk or nhsvolunteerresponders.org.uk. Now, you've signed up yourself. Have you seen action yet? I'm doing it on Friday and right. I can't wait. I'm taking. Um, I'm going to one of these huge new centres in Wembley. I'll be taking Jane Moore with me uh, and some more people from the Sun office. Jeremy Clarkson is also doing it somewhere <laughs> local to him this afternoon. Right. He'll be turning up with his megaphone and a crazy car. Because <laughs> I pass Chelsea Barracks every day, it's going on there, it's ongoing there, and when you see it in progress, you know it's it lifts your spirits. You know, you you see, you think, hang on a minute, this is the answer, and it's in progress now, and it's happening. And so, um, I believe Chief Maker, our big boss, she, she had to go yesterday as well. She was shipped off somewhere. She's- She's she's maybe today. I think she might be doing it. And uh, I had an interesting chat last night with the health secretary, Matt Hancock, who has obviously been behind this campaign from the start. And he said, you wait till you go and see these vaccination centres. It is totally uplifting, as you say. Um, It's the the one chance we've got to fight this this terrible thing. And um, I think we're going to smash it. And the thing is, you know, when you witness it going on uh, the vaccination process you know through the gates of like I say Chelsea Banks whatever it's so mm. calm you know because every the cars are spaced out the people are spaced yeah. out you know you think it, it's very uh, it's a very urgent thing that's going on but with uh, a, a sort of relaxed rea- you know reassured air and you th- again you know it's, it's just what we need to see now because you're involved in the inside skinny on this a lot, Victoria, mm. what, what do you know about the rolling out of the hubs? What do you know about the rate of vaccinations that you can tell us that maybe hasn't been said in public before? Um, well, I don't know if I can say anything that hasn't been said in public, but certainly they've got hugely ambitious targets now to get everyone um, above the age of 70 vaccinated or offered a vaccination by February the 15th. So Valentine's Day, shall we say. Right. Um, and then after that will be the most, um, the, the most at-risk groups after that. And they're also promising that the whole population will be vaccinated by the autumn so it's looking like hopefully we can start to come out of lockdown in march in some shape or form obviously up until then we really need people to be safe and stay safe and stay at home right what's your take on the prime minister's bike ride i think it's an unhelpful distraction I do. I mean, I suppose seven miles on a bike isn't very far. And he's obviously desperately trying to keep fit after his own terrible uh, scare. Um, But perhaps it was a bit unwise, given that we're asking everybody to stay at home. Yeah, but also more unwise is the fact we're magnifying it now. We've just got to get on with stuff that's helpful, like this, for example. Whose idea was the Jabs Army? 
uh, it was mine actually. Do you know, <laughs> remember before Christmas we did a great yeah. um, tie up with the Royal Voluntary Service yeah. with our loneliness campaign where yeah. we appealed for people to come and talk to lonely people. I do. And through that, the RVS said that they needed 50,000 volunteers soon for the vaccination centres. And I just thought, right, that's it. So we launched this on New Year's Day. Now, we know for a fact, um, and this is just from pe- people listening online, right? So we know from yeah. online streaming because we can get that. We can get, I can tell you now how many people listen to the show online. And I can tell you that it, it is way beyond the number of people now that you need to yeah. to make the, the, the Jabs Army uh, <laughs> up to, to 50,000. So I know that if a court, well, a half, let's, let's, let's go for gross error again. If a half of the people listening <laughs> just online now, just listening online mm. now, signed up to the Jabs Army, you'd have your 50,000. So what well. are you waiting for, people, for heaven's sake? <laughs> uh, Victoria needs you. How, how do you feel about being in front of the microphone and in front of the camera like you were on the telly yesterday, Victoria? Uh, well, it's a strange experience for me these days. I don't tend to do it very often, but it's, it's great when you've got something so positive to talk about. All right, brilliant. So invite me on any time. Okay, once again, what do people do, Victoria? And underline it, underscore it. Well, you can buy the paper and and find the QR code, or equally, you can go to the Sun website, thesun.co.uk, or you can go to nhsvolunteerresponders.org.uk. That's nhsvolunteerresponders.org.uk. Okay, and if everybody did that, just listening online to this show at the moment, uh, then Victoria would have her 50,000 strong jabs army. All right. Okay, shot in the arm for all of us. A shot in the arm is what we need. A shot in the arm is what we're heading for. Thank you, Victoria Newton, editor of The Sun. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. When it comes to children, your past is their future and nobody can explain that better than our next guest. Her book, The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read, is out now and here to explain why you shouldn't be fearing child-rearing is the always brilliant Philippa Perry. All right, Philippa. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Philippa, we love you and we sort of hate you at the same time. You can understand I why, know. can't you? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Uh, right, we're going to get some classic Perry Gold. Don't worry, everyone listening. Some classic takeaways in the next 10 minutes. But first of all, um, Philippa, you know, this is the paperback. There's a, there's a section at the back uh, tell, telling about uh, your response to feedback about the book. And one of the things you've enjoyed most about writing the book in the first place was taking it on tour and going to Q&As and being on various panels. What new Perry parenting juice have you learned give us the highlights of that over the last few months well i've been uh, very struck by the importance of what i call mirroring which is when um your kid gets a sense of who they are by how you react to them by the expression on your face mm. and so if you go straight to being annoyed every time you see them they get the message that they're annoying and then they become annoying so I'm not saying put a fake smile on the whole time. Yeah. I'm just saying you love your kids. You know you love your kids. Don't be afraid to show them that. So show them that you love them. Show them that you're pleased to see them before you tell them to take the boots off. So right. that has been struck home to me because people have told me that they've t- taken that on board and uh, with great results. So that's a good one. Yeah, give us some more. Come on. We'll take it all. More, more. Yeah. Um, well, people say it's all right. This book is just for for people with one kid. It isn't. No. It's about having individual relationships with each child. So I put an extra section in on siblings yes. and things to look out for when you've got two or three or four or five is number one don't heap higher expectations onto the older child uh-huh. because if you do, 
they'll resent their little brothers and sisters, yeah. which you don't want to happen. Yeah. And watch out for them thinking that, you know, if one of them is good at something, say gymnastics or something, the other one can't do that. So a way to avoid this is praising the effort each puts into something rather than the result. Because, of course, the older one's going to play the piano better than the, the younger one. But praise the effort they put in rather than results so you don't get people stuck in roles thinking, you know, various activities have been taken. And here's a big one. During sibling disputes, don't take sides. Yeah. Don't say who's right or who's wrong. But get to the feelings underneath um, what they're upset about and help them find more acceptable ways of showing their, their feelings rather than bashing each other over the head with Lego. And how, how do you get to those feelings? What is the discovery there? What is the journey well, of discovery? you know what a feeling is. If, if one kid is absolutely furious because yeah. the other kid has taken their tricycle, yeah. you get them, you sort of coach them to say, I don't like it when you take your my tricycle while I'm in the middle of playing with it, it makes me really angry. Uh -huh. So you get them to say that, and by saying it for them, you know, Josh is really angry that he's had his, his, his tricycle taken, and yeah, yeah. you don't think it's fair that he's got one and you haven't. So what are you going to do? Brainstorm, kids. Yeah. You know, sort of, rather than taking sides, mm. um, get them to think of solutions. Because if they thought of the solution and they've been the part of the decision-making process, then it, it feels better for them. Yeah, and also taking over the dialogue, that's a big thing. We make that mistake a lot, don't we? You, you sort of alluded to it there, but we, we've got to stop taking over the dialogue. We've got to stop uh, stop um, arresting the dialogue and then asking such con con confrontational questions, trying to clear the air too quickly, if you like. Yeah, you know, we're always in a hurry. We're yeah, because yeah, and we just want to fix things. We've got to stop trying to be super fixers because we can rarely fix things at all. And also, they've got to learn to fix things themselves because they've got to go into the big, wide-open world. But also... Uh, Philippa, I heard this thing about about one of the most effective ways of teaching now that's being discovered is 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 flipping the lesson and getting students to teach the students while the teachers I, that's one are in of attendance. my favourite ones. I absolutely love that, and everybody's homeschooling at the yeah. moment. So rather than telling them what's in the book or something, get them to tell you what they know, yeah. and then get them to teach it to you, and then when you've got then you can learn together the next thing. Yeah. So what's this about then? Always keep it. Nobody wants to be done to. Yeah. So you don't want to just pour information at a child. You want it to be interactive with it. And it feels, oh, but this takes a long time. Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't take any longer and it's a lot more fun. It is, so it is. Interactive, ask them what they know, get them to teach you brilliant hints for teaching and education. Philippa, is, is this, because your book's been so, so successful, you know, is, is, is are you in it now um, sort of uh, irre irretrievably um, joined at the hip? Is this, are you going to have to tour this book for the rest of your life? Because I'm sure you've got other books in you, but um, for the benefit I, of the rest I of us, you need to do this. I, I am not well, just the book you wish. I am. I'm actually doing a, a series on Channel Four with my husband called Grayson's Art Club, and we're trying to get the nation to get out of their misery by creating things and making art. 
So that's a six-part series on Channel 4 that's starting in February. So I'm I'm involved with that, and I'm involved with the art world as well, and I do other stuff. I'm making a documentary for for BBC4 about, you know, other psychological things. Like I'm going to do a three-part documentary about desire. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just the book you wish because I would just have a one-track mind then, wouldn't I? Well, listen, it's great to talk to you again. Um, Thanks so much for your book and thanks for being on the show. I wish you all the best. Thank you for having me. It's always so much fun. I wish I was there in person. (laughs) One day soon, Philippa, one day soon. Um, One day soon. (laughs) Okay. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Homeschooling is easy, said no one ever. Moments of calm seem a million miles away, but fear not, help is here. Her book, Mindfulness for Mums, is out now, so if you're a mummy in a muddle or a mum that's just about done, listen closely to the mother-loving Izzy Judd. Morning, Izzy. What an introduction. I know, he's good, isn't he? He's very, very good. How are you, Izzy? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back. You're very welcome. Well, it's very... A, you're brilliant. B, we love you. C, what you do is extraordinarily useful, so thank you very much. Mindfulness for Mums is out now in paper simple ways to help you and your family feel calm connected and content now many of us have read things that would help us if we could remember them but you have done this amazing thing where you turn mental hacks or you convert them into physical triggers take us through some of your favorites so well i mean isn't it crazy to think that the last time i spoke to you about well when mindfulness for mums was released as hardback was this time last year and we had no idea what was ahead of us And I think mindfulness for mums for me has been that sort of dip in and out. I need this. I need a quick fix to help me come back to myself because I think we're so far in our, in our heads and especially at the moment, the anxieties and and the worries that so often when we're with our children, we really struggle to, well, I know I do really struggle to actually be able to be present with them. So we've been out in nature loads since all this has happened especially in lockdowns our our daily kind of family walks are what keep us all sane and I think kids are so naturally mindful we do one of these exercises where we will find a bench momentarily and just sort of say right what can you hear and they might say the birds or what can you see and it might be um, the trees and what can you feel okay the bench I'm sitting on and even doing these simple little mindful moments with them help for you to just reconnect with yourself for a moment. It's so important. You're right, because you're not, you're not aware of the fact you've got feet unless somebody says, you know, uh, how are your feet doing? Oh, not quite sure. I haven't thought about them for uh, years. You know, uh, it's very useful. Rachel, you couldn't take, you couldn't, you can get enough of this book, could you? Hi, Izzy, it's Rachel. Oh, hi, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm good. And I'm even better because of your book. Now, I delved right into it this weekend and I had read the hardback, but I'd forgotten a lot of it. And actually right now is when people really need these sort of little tips. We're all at home. We're homeschooling we're working we're trying to you know get the supermarket delivery we're trying to look after relatives and making sure we take those moments for ourselves is more important than ever and I just think there are so many great tips in your book I love your calmness corner and you talk about creating that at home and it doesn't need to be a whole room it doesn't need to be anything big and expensive but somewhere where where you go and you you practice mindfulness in it with your little ones don't you yeah so I've made um by the way thank you for being so kind about the book and I'm so pleased it's helping because I know personally homeschooling is is quite intense so what we have done is from the book we have set up a couple of mindfulness corners in my children's bedrooms so 
in there, there's a little bag and I just alternate stuff every few days. It's a puzzle or a book, um, cuddly toy, uh, photos of family. And I just give them the chance to just go and just have a moment to themselves for a bit of quiet because we're so on top of each other all the time. Um, it just gives them a bit of space. So that's, yeah, that has been really helpful. And we also do um, with the kids something called teddy breathing. So they can rest a teddy on their tummy and, and you can do the same and just simply watch the teddy going up and down to just slow down our breath because obviously breathing connects us back to our body and it helps to calm the nervous system and any anxieties. And, you know, if you're having a manic moment with homeschooling and everyone's fault, it's just, a chance for you to do some breathing together and just calm everything down and as you say Chris you know just check in with your your mind your body your breath and just make sure that you are kind of taking the steps to look after your own well-being at the moment yeah and you, we know that tenderness and that sort of that sort of um the 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 feeling of of, of care you know and being close to something or someone you love or that reassures you that does instantly boost your immune system so that is that this physical and biological and biochemical science behind that what i really liked when you talked about the cam corner izzy is that you talked about how if if the children have you know done something wrong or they've you know they're having a tantrum or, or maybe you're having a tantrum you know everybody's so tense at the minute rather than do the the naughty step or the go to your room which can feel really negative you talked about using the cam corner as a way of just breaking that situation without it feeling like an immediate punishment just so either you say to to, to your child okay look, just go to the cam corner or you say I'm mommy is going to go to the cam corner and it to just diffuse it yeah. and that really runs through a lot of your your tips I love your cam begins with me where you you take your thumb and you touch it to, to your forefinger for cam to your middle finger for begins ring finger for with and little finger for me and it's just that take yourself out of the situation which is escalating and just that process of touching the four fingers to the thumb just to give you that moment and it's creating those pockets of space that I think we all really need right now and finding your calm within the chaos so if you can bring yourself back to calm it can then ripple out. And that's the thing, I think, with mindfulness, people, there might be an assumption that when we have time for mindfulness, everyone's, you know, diaries are absolutely rammed and life is full and busy. But actually, all these kind of little tips that I'm talking about in Mindfulness for Mums are really simple, quick, effective exercises that if you practice often enough, you become, you will notice an overall effect of feeling calmer um, and having some tools to help you manage because, you know, there's no rest at the moment. It's it's constant. So, yeah, and, and as you were saying, you know, when it comes to sort of expressing emotions with the kids, actually it's lovely. My, my little girl, Lola, is homeschooling at the moment and we're, we're, we're talking about all the emotions in pop uh, <clears throat> lessons this week, which is really nice. But it's sort of making them aware that we have these feelings too and that it's okay. And naming them and yeah it's um i'm really enjoying being able to practice mindfulness with the kids and with the family well you are the best uh, simple exercises that induce peacefulness daily mail uh, delightful book uh, say others this is a lovely useful and much needed book paperback version uh, it's so handy it's so light it feels good to have in your hands izzy thanks so much for uh, talking to us are you still married to that bloke from mcfly 
I am. He's downstairs going abacada at the moment, I think. All right, well, here he is doing something else uh, with their latest single. Tonight is the night. Thank you very much, Izzy Bye. and Harry Judd and the Judson. Mindfulness for mums and dads and everyone. Izzy Judd's paperback is out now. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.